Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Today is April 20th, 2022, and our first story, Disney gets woke and goes broke, losing their special status after the Florida Senate voted to revoke their special status. Disney has seen a major dip in their stock, and they're one of the worst performers this year. Let them embrace this stuff. It's going to cost them. In our next story, Netflix gets woke and goes broke, dropping 40% this year. Yeah, a lot of people don't want to watch that stuff. And in our last segment, the reporter who doxed far-left critic Libs of TikTok is shocked that her family is now being doxed as well. The media is lying about what they did, and it's time to call them out. If you like this show, please share it with your friends. Give us five stars. Leave a good comment. Now, let's get into that first story. Ron DeSantis may be the only Republican standing up and going to war in the culture war. And to be fair, the Republicans of the Florida Senate and House. It seems like that's the only place where things are actually happening. Florida Senate passes legislation ending Disney's tax privilege, self-governing power and special exemption status. It has been a terrible year for Disney. Their stock has dropped precipitously. And in today's news, their stock is down another four or so percent. Because I got to tell you, if you're investing in Disney and you hear they're losing special tax privileges, now it's just Disney in Florida. It's a bad investment. But across the board, it's tanking. Now, right now in the polls over at Civics, people 18 to 34 think that uh, neither political party is looking out for them. Among 35 to you know 54, they think the Republican Party, eh, moderately so. But typically, people think the Democrats are more likely to be looking out for them. And you know why this is? It's because Republicans cannot get people to actually to, to recognize the problems of this country or to prove they're willing to fight back. As the Democrats lose favorability, Republicans should be picking it up. They're not because Republicans are mostly trash. They don't do anything. They sit on their hands. Why? I believe it was just the other day that we heard from the Republican Party. I think it was Kevin McCarthy where they were like, we shouldn't we shouldn't impeach Joe Biden, you know, because of political reasons or whatever. And it's just like, no, impeach that man. Yo, young people want to see action. We want to believe that if we vote for you, you will do something. Well, let's talk about that over at Over in Florida, 
Disney was trying to avoid the parental rights and education bill controversy that teachers in schools are teaching children about things they shouldn't be teaching about. I think it's inappropriate for the most part. Now, we're not talking about telling a kid that someone might love another person and have a husband. We're talking about overtly sexual things for fifth through nine, uh, five-year-olds to nine-year-olds. Now, perhaps a parent might determine their child should learn those things, should be the parent. Teacher should say, maybe you should talk to your parents. You're kind of young, right? Instead, the left freaks out, lies, calls it the don't say gay bill. Then Disney, facing backlash from their employees, bends the knee and says, we are going to see this bill defeated. So Ron DeSantis and the Republicans said, we are going to bring the pain. You want to play politics? We'll play politics. Now their special tax privilege, self-governing power and exemption status have been revoked. Well, they've passed the legislation. Ron DeSantis is calling for it, so I believe it's going to go through. And then Disney investors get to feel that crunch. Get woke, go broke. It's about time someone stood up to these crackpot cult members who do not represent this country and the majority of the people in it. And it has been that way for some time. But for too long, Republicans have bent the knee and it's pathetic. You got that governor over in Utah being like, hey, my pronouns are he, him, bam. Okay, dude, sure, play the game. I don't want to play that game. I don't like what Disney is doing. But is anyone on the right going to do anything about it? Apparently, the only person you're going to get, Ron DeSantis and the Republicans in Florida, which is why so many people want to see Ron DeSantis run for president. My understanding now, I don't know if the story pulled up, but I heard that uh, Ron said he will not run if Trump runs. And, you know, I can respect that. I mean, Ron DeSantis is a juggernaut right now, but he'd be going up against the juggernaut. Donald Trump's going to have that second term, in my opinion, but we'll see. There's a lot of things about Donald Trump that um, people don't like. And Ron DeSantis, I think, is better. But maybe Ron can see his moment in 2028. Either way, what we're seeing now is that Democrats keep moving further and further left in a desperate bid to try and gain or maintain some power. Now we're hearing that Joe Biden wants to go further left, start canceling student debt because they're losing and they know it. Going further left is not going to work. Going further left already hurt you in the first place. For some reason, these people have lost their minds. They're chasing after this fictitious image of what they think young people are and want. Play the game, Democrats, all you want. It's not going to work out. But let's get started by talking about Disney. What's going on with the stripping away of their special privileges. The GOP in Florida has nuked Disney from orbit. It is affecting their bottom line. The pain has been brought. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member. Why? As a member, you keep our journalists working. That's the real, the real issue here. You want to get these news articles. You want our journalists to write. We need your support as members. As a member, you'll get access to our exclusive members-only segments of the TimCast IRL podcast, where we have conversations with people. Typically not family friendly, but uh, they're often funny, silly, and very adult. But the real value proposition for all of you is if you like the work I do here, this is how we're making it all run. We are hiring. We are expanding. We've got new shows. We're working on new apps. Our mobile app is now in testing. That should be coming out soon. You're going to be able to listen to the podcast on your phone. The screen turned off. I don't want to restrict information. These news articles could be put behind a paywall, and then you have to pay money to see it. But people need to know this stuff. So how do we balance that? Ads are one way. And we're looking at a whole bunch of parallel economic infrastructure. We've got some big announcements coming up. We are not just sitting back. You know, people are like, Tim, get off YouTube. No, 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 no. Listen, 
We know. We know. We got big moves coming up. We are seeking to upend that system, disrupt, build new infrastructure, and participate in the expansion of. We have nothing to announce just yet. But I'll just tell you, coming soon, we will be, we will be, we have some big announcements on building out infrastructure and joining forces with others to say, we will not sit back and let these, these big tech, oligarchy, whatever, far left cult members control everything. Because of your support here, I'm, I'm so excited for this. I wish I could just say it now, but please become a member because we are doing a lot behind the scenes. It is going to be epic. Don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Here's the story from TimCast.com. Breaking news. Florida Senate passes legislation ending Disney's tax privilege, self-governing power, and special exemption status. With a 23 to 16 vote, the Senate has passed legislation ending their privileges. Since 1967, Disney has operated its own government around Walt Disney World in Florida. Republican State Rep. Randy Fine, who introduced legislation tweeted on Tuesday, Disney is a guest in Florida. Today, we remind them. Ooh, smackdown. He says, Governor DeSantis just expanded the special session so I could file HB3C, which eliminates Reedy Creek Improvement District, a 50-year-old special statute that makes Disney exempt to, uh, Disney to exempt from laws faced by regular Floridians. Quote, I don't think there's another special taxing district in the state that I'm aware of that has the ability to construct their own nuclear power plant. I think that's something that's unique to Disney. Republican House Speaker Chris Sproul said on Tuesday, under Florida's law, Disney can control their own water, power, emergency services, and more. Quote, I was shocked to see some of the stuff that it, that's in there. They can do their own nuclear power plant. Is there any other private company in the state that can just build a nuclear power plant on their own? Ron DeSantis said during a press conference. They're able to do certain things that nobody else is able to do. So I think they're right to be looking at this and reevaluating and having an even playing field for everybody. I think it's much better than basically, I, I think is much better than basically to allow one company to be a law unto itself. Disney has become increasingly political recently making headlines for loud opposition to Florida's parental rights and education law. Branded the don't say gay bill by opponents, the legislation does not actually mention the word gay, but rather prohibits the teaching of gender identity or orientation to students in third grade and below. The company had originally been keeping neutral, but apologized after a backlash from the left. Please, this is what you get. This is what you want. When the lunatics are screaming and you're like, well, 90% of my employees don't mind this. 10% won't shut up. Just give the 10% what they want. You make the 90% angry. The silent majority is silent no more. Take a look at Disney's stock as of today. As of the recording of this video, they are down 4.18%. Perhaps that's normal. Perhaps it's to be expected. You take a look back in the past five days and we can see, uh-oh, what was this? A big drop-off occurred on the 19th to the 20th in the early morning. But there was a big spike, to be fair. Perhaps people weren't sure what to expect because Ron DeSantis was saying he was going to revoke the special status of Disney in Florida. Disney as a whole, much larger than just one state. But let's take a look at where we're at now for Disney, my friends. Get woke, go broke. The magic is gone for Disney investors. So saith CNN Business.
It's another morning, and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late, you're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield, the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems, like pricey transmission and engine engine repairs, and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com slash carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com slash carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com slash carlson and save 20% today. Disney investors aren't having as awful a year as Netflix shareholders, but that's not saying much. They want to mention that Netflix's stock has plunged more than 40% this year ahead of its first quarter earnings released after the closing bell uh, Tuesday. Meanwhile, shares of Disney has dro- have dropped by 15% so far in 2022. So I think I may have made a mistake earlier in the segment. Fact check if in, in the event I did. Netflix is down 40%. Disney has dropped 15%. That makes Disney one of the worst performers in the Dow, which is down just 4% this year. Both companies have been plagued by concerns about streaming competition and fierce battles for subscribers. Inflation is a problem too, but my friends, Florida controversy is still an issue for Disney. Disney has also come under fire after CEO Bob Chapek initially refused to speak out against Florida's parental rights and education bill. Following criticism from workers, he did condemn the law. Republicans are now threatening Disney with boycotts. Whether or not Florida's controversy is having an actual impact on Disney Plus subscriptions, movie, blah, 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 is up for debate. It is. It is. It is. The Daily Wire. How are they so big? How does the Daily Wire have 600,000 paying members? How does TimCast.com continue to grow? We don't have nearly that many, but please become a member at TimCast.com so that we can grow too. How is it? that we are all doing better than, say, CNN Plus. It's because people in our sphere of influence, be it moderate, independent, post-liberal, libertarian, conservative, anti-woke, are sick and tired of wokeness, and we got the message. It's slow moving. It took time. But when Jeremy Boring of The Daily Wire came out and said, stop giving money to companies that hate you, give it to me instead, I think that was a rallying cry for all of us. Stop giving money to companies that hate you, give it to me instead. It's funny. It's meant to be somewhat tongue in cheek, but it's a great point. How many people do they have now at Jeremy's Razors? 50,000. Harry's Razors wanted to get woke. They can go broke. The movement is happening now. Many people were like, conservatives aren't canceling these services. Don't worry about that. Create alternatives. That's what we're doing. We're going as fast as we can. There are challenges with growing a company. You know, we're at around 30 or so employees. We, 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 there's ebbs and flows. We're trying to hire new people. We're trying to do the work. We're trying to expand. And we need to make these moves. Chicken City, and I know I often make jokes about it, but it has been a resounding success. We're doing about a thousand bucks a day on Chicken City. This is family content. When I go out on Twitter and I'm like, hey, Chicken City made 1500 bucks today in Super Chats. Everybody loves the chicken parties. When I just wrote the Chicken Chicken City theme song and we are making cartoon shorts, You might say, what does this have to do? It's so dumb and silly. What does it have to do with politics? Everything. Now, I make Chicken City out to be silly on purpose because it's marketing. 
But here's the reality. We're trying to beat Disney. How does TimCast.com beat Disney in 10 years? We want to make content that is family friendly. We want messaging not to be overt. We want it to be in the background. So here's what we've done. We've got pop culture crisis. Brett Dasovic and Mary Morgan hosting hosting the show, talking about celebrities, movies, video games, etc. Rappers, all, all that stuff. Why? We want to engage with current pop culture so that we make sure that we're at the table when these conversations happen. We're not woke. We have tales from the inverted world, entertainment content, mysteries, paranormal, not political. And then we make Chicken City. And some people are like, Tim, why aren't you putting money behind your political content, your your Timcast IRL? We already have the ears of those who've seen the problem. Now we're striking the tip of the spear into the heart of the issue. Politics is downstream from culture. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to have Chicken City Kids books. We're going to have Chicken City Kids cartoons, Chicken City live stream. It makes money. And we are pulling people into our sphere of influence, which, in, which is not just about policy or politics. It is about saying, be free, be responsible, and have fun. We make Chicken City. Regular people watch it. We move them over to our sphere of influence and say, ignore the woke, ignore Disney, ignore the political. Enjoy your day. We're building culture. We are going to be making cartoon shorts about Chicken City where it's the chickens doing silly things and they're they're laughing and it's going to be a kid's show, but it's going to be funny for adults too. It's going to, there's going to be clips on YouTube where you're going to laugh when you watch it, but we want family friendly stuff. What Disney is embracing is inherently not family friendly. I don't care if you think your kids are ready or not for these discussions about identity or orientation. We're just not going to be involved in that. We're going to say you as the parents have the responsibility. It is personal responsibility, but we will create entertaining things and it will be educational. You can watch the chickens do chicken business. It is about making cultural content that has an impact and works. And now I'll tell you this. It's been about a month. Chicken City has 35,000 subs and makes about a thousand bucks a day. We are profiting. We are profiting off of family friendly content. This will be these shows will be offerings on our app when we start competing with Disney. Now, let's be realistic. Are we or anybody else going to defeat Disney in the next five years? Probably not. But maybe in the next 10 years, yes. If Disney doesn't course correct and they want to get woke, let them go broke because we are storming that hilltop. The Daily Wire is making cultural content. And as Disney and Hollywood retreat and make weird political messaging at at the forefront of the content they produce and people abandoned it, we take that space on that hill at the top where regular people say, I much like this. Making jokes. I don't want TimCast.com just to be a bunch of political talking heads doing talk radio. I've never been about that. I've always been about making art and culture, and that's what we're doing. So I love Chicken City. The chickens are hilarious. I love making jokes where I'm like, Chicken City is now bigger than CNN Plus. It's not. CNN Plus has 150,000 paying subscribers, the only 10,000 daily active users. But Chicken City is doing really, really, really well. Smashing success. We're going to roll out apps. We're going to roll out TV apps. You're going to be able to go on. You're going to get the TimCast app on on your television, on your Roku, on your Apple Plus, and you're going to watch our shows. And it's going to be worth it. And we are going to take from them the ground they have given up. It's on them. It's, it's absolutely on Disney and these other companies that want to play this game. The infrastructure is being built. We will embrace, we will adopt, and we will win.
Talk radio has been around for a while. Conservatives have long done it. But for too long, conservatives have just complained about stuff. I'm not a conservative. And perhaps this is where the change is really occurring. Many conservatives are starting to learn. It's time to be engaged in culture. That's why The Daily Wire is making movies. But you see, I've always been an artistic urban liberal type playing music, making skate videos. It's always been cultural, less political. But I've always been somewhat political. Now, as the woke have taken over the left and people like me are backing away and saying we don't like the, the authoritarianism or the dogma, we now see the conservatives are like, hey, we're more than happy to take any help we can get. And so we're making content that people are, are happy with. And it's going to change the shape of culture in this country and politics will be downstream from that. That is to say, Disney is suffering because they've embraced wokeness and they will get broke. The charge is happening now. Take a look at this from January. Video platform Rumble acquires stake in payment processor parallel economy. Rumble Inc., a YouTube style website. This is from U.S. News. Popular among conservatives has acquired a stake in the payment processor parallel economy. The company said on Tuesday, uh, you know, they mentioned January 6th for no, for, for no reason. Parallel economy is the latest venture from Jeffrey Warnick, an investor whose portfolio includes Airbnb, Uber and Parler and Dan Bongino, a fellow Parler investor. Parallel economy functions as an alternative to Stripe, a U.S. technology startup valued at $95 billion in March. Users can transfer money from their bank account into a creator's account with a credit or debit card. Parallel economy provides Rumble content creators with the assurances they can still transact with their supporters if their statements are deemed objectionable by other tech companies. In exchange for an equity stake in Warnick and Bongino's company, Rumble will make Parallel Economy the preferred payment processor for its users. The moves are happening now. Rumble announced September 3rd, 2021, as promised, we are hard at work building the rails to a new economy. Numerous businesses are already using Rumble cloud solutions and loving the results. These services will include cloud plus, plus storage, email solutions, video streaming, and compute. More coming soon. The woke, big tech, they wanted to grab and seize the means of production. And they were doing it. Taking over Twitter, the means of communication. Taking over hosting providers and financial services. That's changing now. No more will we be under the boot of those who will say, if you, if you say a naughty word, we shut you down. You know what I want? Competition with Rumble, Parallel Economy, and these other services emerging. What's going to happen is big tech will be forced to say, please don't go. Please. Right now, here's what they'll do. They'll come to you and say, we couldn't help but notice that you said a naughty word on your podcast. I'm afraid we're going to have to delete your episode. And so we say, please, please, we won't say the naughty words. So what do we do? Well, at TimCast.com, we've created what I refer to as the speakeasy. There are some things they don't want you saying on their platforms. Fine. We'll put it on TimCast.com and we'll have the uncensored family friendly stuff. And it's behind a paywall. I don't like the idea that we have to restrict it in that way, but we do need it. Bandwidth is expensive. I'll just put it that way. And we want to grow. So here we go. With your membership at TimCast.com, we are expanding the company. We've got a lot of back-end stuff happening right now. A lot of big moves are being made, and it's all thanks to you. You see what's happening with Rumble and Parallel Economy? Far from perfect, but the competition will mean that when big changes start happening, these, these big tech companies are going to be like, 
Why are we bleeding users? Why is Netflix.com dropping 25% overnight, 40% this year, hundreds of thousands of subscribers ditching them? Because alternatives have emerged and the competition is real. So now, when someone comes out and wants to make a political statement, YouTube's going to have to ask themselves a question. How many users can we afford to lose? Mm. You see, for some people, yeah, YouTube has ad revenue and it is good. And you got to fish where the fish are. That's true. But you look at Dan Bongino. Dan Bongino got censored by YouTube. and He said, I don't care. I have more subscribers on Rumble anyway. Wow. I mean, good for him. We don't have that privilege, but we do have a lot of subscribers on Rumble and we do post our videos on Rumble. YouTube, wake up call. When I talk to YouTube and they're like, we don't really know why you're getting these, these, having these problems or demonetization. I say, you know what's going to happen? When the big shift happens and I have a million plus subscribers on Rumble, I'm just going to be like, why am I bothering with YouTube? I'll prioritize Rumble. That's the power of membership at TimCast.com. You know what we just saw the other day? Ethan Klein of H3H3 Productions. And I am genuinely uh, um, empathetic here. He announced yesterday, or I should say a video was circulating yesterday, where he said, we have no sponsors today because I've been deemed an existential threat to gay people and their rights. You know, it's, it's a sh- it's, it sucks that people are doing this to me. And I'm like, it is. It, it, is a, it is a problem. Ethan should be allowed to talk, speak his mind. Sponsors should be freaking out and screaming and running away because woke mobs are attacking them. But you know what? Don't use those companies. Now, the problem is Ethan Klein, he bent the knee to these people. He joined them. He swore his allegiance. He deleted his Jordan Peterson episodes. Big mistake. And Jordan Peterson warned, they will come for you. And they did. I would like it if Ethan Klein didn't have to worry about this. You know why? Ethan used to be edgy. He used to say naughty words. He hosted people like Jordan Peterson and good for him. Well, he got, he got scared because these big companies started threatening him. You know, what you doing there, Ethan? You saying naughty words? We will end your company. And he said, please don't end my company. I know I'm saying company on purpose, his company. And so what ends up happening is he bends the knee. And more and more, these shakedown tactics work. But now we have parallel economies. We have parallel infrastructure. And we can sit sit back, put our feet up and say, we don't care. They went to Dan Bongino and said, we don't like your opinion on masks. And Dan Bongino said, I don't care what you think. I have more subscribers on Rumble. And they went, but, but, but. And then they banned his account and he laughed. I don't care. He's like, my business isn't even with YouTube. They can ban me. Why should I care if the crab shack in the middle of nowhere bans me when I'm going to go to Joe's crab shack, the big chain, right? You see, for a while, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, they owned the space. But we are taking that ground back. Disney, you reap what you sow. The Daily Wire's got movies. Only a couple, but they're working on TV shows. Timcast.com has some shows. Only a couple. But we are expanding. Second season of Tales from the Inverted World coming soon. The second book. We are doing what we can and we are starting things out. But we will take that ground. We will hold the center. And these companies will learn that though it took time, you've lost when you've ceded this territory to the far left. And here we go. Let me show you this. From Politico. Scutari. Democrats strayed too far left in 2021. Scatari, though a North Jersey Democrat, has developed alliances with members of his own party from South Jersey. Politico says, New Jersey Democrats paid a political price for being off mainstream in the last election. 
I think whenever a political party gets too off mainstream, they pay a price for it. Scatari owes his position at the top of the Senate to, sho- to, to the shocking defeat in November of the Senate President Steve Sweeney. For years, was a proponent of fiscal policies that represented the more conservative side of the Democratic Party. But after the November election in which Governor Phil Murphy won re-election by defeating Republican Jack Citarelli by a narrower than expected three points, some Democrats, including Sweeney allies, blamed the governor's unabashed progressivism for juicing Republican turnout. Democrats saw a net loss of seven seats in the election, six in the Assembly and one in the Senate. The bulk of those losses were suffered by South Jersey Democrats. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. I was a uh, South Jersey resident for a while, and we left. Jeff Van Drew, good for you. He was a Democrat and I was a Republican. This is what happens. The top Democrat in the state for the state politics, apparently, I, I believe, lost to a Republican. And it was a guy who, like, barely campaigned and never campaigned before. That's how bad things have gotten. You want to go far left, then you reap what you sow. What's this? Biden admin to cancel student loan debt for 40,000 people. All right, keep playing that game. We will keep taking that ground. Now, I got to be honest. You know, we're, we're, we're fairly moderate over here at TimCast. We got several people who are conservative. Our good friend Seamus Coughlin is a conservative Catholic. But we also have people who are fairly left-leaning. I myself lean slightly left. I ignore the woke lunatics who are like, Tim Pool's right wing. He's not really on the left. Because they don't actually watch the show. They're like, you're MAGA supporters. but Oh, yeah, the MAGA supporters who are insulting me and calling me all the names in the book. No, we're fairly moderate. There are certainly Trump supporters who watch the show. I think most of the people who watch the show probably voted for Trump. But I didn't vote for Trump in 2016. And many of the people who watch, I think it's only around a third or more, are uh, uh, proponents of uh, Donald Trump. I think, you know, we did a poll and it's like mostly libertarian moderate libertarian types. Most people who watch the show are uh, the biggest demographic we have is in Chicago. And Chicago is a mostly independent kind of place. The point is, I I like the idea of canceling student loan debt interest. Now, you got to pay back your loans. This is the Biden administration smacking regular Americans in the face with a far left policy to pander to a group of people who probably will still not vote for you. Well, you reap what you sow. Take what you want, I guess. Let's take a look at where regular people are sitting at. Fox News reports BLM silent when confronted with data showing massive 2020 spike in black murder victims. Why did that happen? Defund the police, maybe? 
I think there was something like 200 departments across the country that defunded to a certain extent. In New York, I think it was like a billion dollars. Crime had been skyrocketing. And what do regular people think? They think crime is bad and I don't want to live this way. Keep embracing the far left. It's funny how long it took Democrats to realize that defund the police was a losing strategy, but they finally started to wake up to that. I look at people like Jon Stewart, his show failing, only 40,000 viewers. Well, they say 40,000 homes, whatever that means. It means the people in the homes might actually be more, you know, okay, sure, whatever. Bill Maher is, you know, trying to come out and be like, well, I have some Republicans who watch now. Still, Bill, you're a bit disingenuous. I got to be honest. Me, I always, I was always an urban liberal type, but I got no problem calling it like I see it. When Donald Trump came out in 2016, I was like, nah, no thanks. I'm not a conservative. And he was pushing a lot of things. I'm like, "Mm." Bernie Sanders, I liked. Bernie Sanders is like no open borders, you know, helping the working class, corrupt corrupt politicians, gun rights, an urban versus rural issue. I was always fairly moderate, slightly left on gun and out, out guns. Now I'm like as libertarian as libertarian can be on guns, more so than even the people who come on the show. I'm like, eh, it's in the Constitution. You got to change it if you want to change it, if you don't like it. Now, you know, 2020 comes around. I look at Donald Trump and I'm like, it's the best we can get. You know, it was not that bad under Trump. No new wars. That was huge. I think foreign policy has been one of the biggest problems the U.S. has had for forever. We couldn't fix our own pipes in Flint because we're building we're busy building pipes in Afghanistan. Get out of here, man. I'm just not I'm not interested in nation building in Afghanistan. Some people were like, yeah, well, what about nation building in South Korea? And I'm like, look, I think what happened there is good. I don't like the spread of communism, but Afghanistan is just Afghanistan. I mean, look, come on. Nah, not interested. The Cold War is over. They're still, we're still in some kind of Cold War. So I can respect a certain degree of the U.S. trying to push back against China and Chinese infrastructure, but it's soft power. It's got to be investments in infrastructure, not military occupation and expansion. Anyway, I digress. I don't want to get into that. The point is under Trump, no new wars. Under Trump, we're bringing our troops back. Under Trump, you got to pay your fair share. Under Trump, a booming economy. And I said, I'll take it. I don't care if he's a Republican. I don't care if he's a conservative. I care that he does things that are working. And Joe Biden is not that guy. So now they're like, Tim Pool's far right. Oh, sure. And then when we get some crackpot right-wing Republican and I vote for the, the Democrat guy, uh, I, although I got to be honest, I don't think I'll ever vote for a Democrat again. Don't like Republicans all that much, but it beats what the other side has to offer. Let me show you this here from Civics. Which political party do you think is more concerned with the needs of people like you? Here we can see that 40% say Democrats, 35% say Republicans, and 22% say neither. You want to know what I really, really love about this? Let's go 65 plus. 43% Republican, 42% Democrat, 13% saying neither. The funny thing here is the older crowd, it looks like that we're represented by those who live in the two-party system and long did. Let's go to 50 to 64. 41 Republican, 40 Democrats, now 17% saying neither. Hmm. 35 to 49. Uh-oh. 39% Democrats. 32% Republicans, 26% saying neither. And 18 to 34, now that is interesting. 18 to 34-year-olds say 40% 40 say the Democrats rep them better. 31% say neither and 25% say Republicans. The fascinating thing about that is, well, for a while, Republicans actually had more support than people who didn't like either party. It looked like they might actually gain some ground. But the Republicans are just so worthless, so worthless. It looks like the real possibility of a third party may be emerging. Now, of that, neither half are probably far left, half are are probably conservative, and the Republicans just don't have it. 
But I do find it fascinating that Democrats have seen a dip a little bit and remained you know, somewhat stagnant. But across the board, when you go back to 2015, 29% say Republicans to today, 35 say Republicans. And I think it's because of the rise of populist America first types. That's what we are seeing. That is changing the game. The Democrats may be in their cult, but if more people like Lauren Boebert, Thomas Massey, Marjorie Taylor Greene, the Freedom Caucus types, Rand Paul, if they keep winning primaries, if you keep voting for them, the Republican Party might actually redeem itself. The Democrats have their cult members. They're not breaking out, but they are. These companies are suffering under wokeness. Let them do it. They're going to lose. What I think we're seeing right now, the neither people, I've never thought highly of the Republican Party, but I'll probably vote for some of them. I won't vote for Democrats. And that's the interesting thing, because then we're looking at 57% to 40%. 57% are not Democrats. Would they rather have a Republican? The generic ballot for, for the mid- midterms, <clears throat> excuse me, for the midterms shows Republicans have the edge. I think that says that the people who don't like the Republican Party are still more willing to vote for the Republican Party than Democrats. But cult members are still more likely to vote for Democrats. Interesting, nonetheless. Interesting, nonetheless. I don't have all the answers, my friends. I don't. What I can say is we are taking the Internet by storm. Chicken City is growing. We're going to have that kids show. We're going to make content for kids. It's not going to be over the top. Look, a lot of the books conservatives have made for kids have had political messages. I just want to make educational books for kids. I want to make products that families can use that aren't political. And that, I think, is important. So I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. tonight over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you all then. Netflix is learning an important lesson in Get Woke, Go Broke. Now, Get Woke, Go Broke isn't a law. I always say this. It's not absolute. Some woke stuff does work, but it's a tendency. And when a company experiences it, we call it out. And this may be why Netflix is on track for the biggest stock drop in a decade after shedding 200,000 subscribers in the first quarter. Now, according to the Daily Mail, viewers say it's because there's nothing to watch, it's too expensive, and there's no interest in Harry and Meghan's lectures. I do not believe that is the principal reason as to why Netflix is experiencing a massive plunge in subscribers. I think the issue is Netflix likes shows about child inappropriate circumstances. Netflix made a movie, or I shouldn't say made, but published a movie called Cuties. Everybody was really disgusted by, and the left seemed to defend. But this all falls in line with what we saw the other day with Jon Stewart. Now, I'd like you to take a look at this market summary, Netflix Inc. Oof, absolutely brutal. Yesterday at 4 p.m., from $348.42, tanking to $259.40 about. Elon Musk, he thinks he knows the answer. Elon Musk blames the woke mind virus for making Netflix unwatchable after it lost 200,000 subscribers and shares dipped 25%. Streaming giant looks at cheaper ad-supported version to boost customer base. Oh yeah, they're, they're trying everything they can. They're also coming out and saying that it's, 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 it's password sharing. That's what's causing all of this, password sharing. So I don't have Netflix. 
I do, you know, there are people here who do have Netflix, but I don't. I don't care for Netflix. I don't really watch it all that much. Even when it comes to shows that might be on Netflix, I typically will use like Amazon Prime, which I also don't like all that much. Sometimes I'll just put on YouTube TV, but I'm really just sick of the whole thing, just all of it. There are no good shows. There's no culturally unifying shows, nothing to rally around because our culture has fractured to the point where no one's making anything that I think is particularly good. I am excited to go see some movies like uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. That's coming out in a couple of weeks. But even that risks being woke trash. I don't care about your platitudes. I don't care about your message. You're pandering. Oh, just show me dinosaurs fighting robots or something. Password sharing. Here's the funny thing. CNBC says Netflix estimates 100 million households are sharing passwords and suggests a global crackdown is coming. They said more than 100 million uh, global households shared with more than 30 million of the uh, with more than 30 million of those in the U.S. and Canada. Is that a you know, I just got to look. They said they're going to make accounts that share passwords pay up. Yeah, password sharing is a thing. Look at this. In this article, Netflix is down 28.4 percent overnight. Woo. Let me just tell you, um, I will watch Netflix sometimes because other people have logged in. I will not sign up for Netflix. There is nothing on Netflix I want to watch. But let's throw it over to Elon Musk and see what he's talking about. And I will make this point. I believe this is get well, go broke. I'll give you an example. There was a show on Netflix called The Order. That show is now gone. It got two seasons and then they canceled it because that's what Netflix does. Now, I'm not entirely convinced this show was going to save them either. But I liked this show and there was something interesting about it. The second season villains were communists, like actually communists. Like they go into the guy's house and they're like, look, and they show like books on like Marxism and stuff. And I'm like, okay, like it's refreshing to finally get a piece of content where it's like fascists aren't the bad guys. This is the funny thing about Harry Potter. Harry Potter comes out, you know, long, long time ago. And the villain is basically wizard Hitler. You know, Voldemort is like, I want pure blood wizards. Blah. And it's like, okay, we understand why, like, racial supremacy is bad. And then after the series concludes and we're like, they've defeated the evil, you know, Nazi wizards, then um, J.K. Rowling makes Fantastic Beasts, where they're like, actually, there's a whole nother fascist wizard who believes in pure. Okay, you know what, dude, come on. Give me something unique and original for once. You know, other other ideologies did bad things. There could be other motivations for evil instead of just always having the villains be like, I'm evil and want to harm a large group of a specific person, of specific people. It's like, you know, I like, I like you know, a freeze from Batman. He's like, I want to save my wife and I'll kill anybody who gets in my way. I'm like, there's motivation. It seems like all they have is to be like fascists. So when they do this show, I'm like, okay, I can dig it. But honestly, it doesn't need to be that overt, although it, the messaging was in it. And I wonder if Netflix was like, let's try going after, you know, communists and see if that rallies people. But even that doesn't work. Have you tried just, I don't know, making good shows? All right. Well, here's the story from the Daily Mail. Elon Musk has slammed unwatchable Netflix for becoming infected by the woke mind virus. The company lost 200,000 users between January and March this year with uh, causing their shares to plummet 25%. Now, of course, 28.43. The service is now proposing introducing adverts and stopping password sharing to stem the exodus, which is trialing, which it is trialing in Chile, Costa Rica, and Peru in a bid to clamp down on the estimated 10 million households who use someone else's account. So you're saying that I should pay for your service and get ads? What is this, Hulu? I don't have Hulu either. Actually, I, I might have Hulu. I don't use Hulu. I'll put it that way. 
The tech firm has pinned the blame on the emergence from binge watching during the lockdown. The success of rival platforms, Disney Plus, Apple TV, and now TV Warner, uh, Warner Bros. Discovery and uh, Apple TV, now TV. Oh, okay, it's a thing. Warner Bros. Discovery and Paramount, the cost of living crisis and pulling out of Russia in response to Putin's horrific invasion of Ukraine. Thanks for the adjective. This is not an op-ed. Calm down. Though Netflix has released a variety of its uh, a variety of recent hits, including Squid Game, Bridgerton, Sex Ed, it has also produced woke content such as He's Expecting, which depicts a man who becomes pregnant. Interesting. I have no interest in watching such a film or series. And with that being said, I'd like to give an honorable mention to Junior, featuring Arnold Schwartz. <laughs> you can't say this guy's name on YouTube. I'm sorry. Uh, it was funny. So I can't even say someone made the joke that like, no, actually someone did this. They were talking about Arnold. I usually just say Arnold. So you know who I'm talking about because you can't say his name. And the reason you can't say his name is that the YouTube algorithm will hear the last, you know, couple syllables of Arnold's last name and you'll get flagged. I'm not even kidding. So people have started calling him Arnold Schwartzen N-word. I'm not even kidding. That's I find it hilarious, actually. That's the that's the modern era of censorship. Arnold Schwartzen N-word. Because if you say his last name, you know what's going to happen. But anyway, he had a movie called Junior where he got pregnant. I really don't think it's a big deal that they're making a movie where where people like guys start getting pregnant. The issue is they actually say sis and all that stuff. And so I ain't going to watch it. I don't want to watch it. If any, if you come to me and you're like, here's a movie and it's probably woke, I'll be like, dude, I just don't want to waste the time anymore. I, I, I liked the craft in the 90s, you know, where the witches do the witch stuff. And so when the new craft came out, I was like, I'll check it out. You know, like I'm, I'm a I'm a 36 year old man. I think I was like 35 or whatever, 34 when it came out. But I was like, you know, I'll check it out. I'll see what they're doing. And I was just like, wow, this is really bad. They put a spell on a guy and make him gay. Okay. I, that, I don't want to watch that. All right. Like, Look, here's how I put it. If you guys want to watch all that stuff, like y'all woke people, like I got no beef. You can go watch whatever show you want, play whatever video game you want. I just won't. Don't get mad at me if I don't want to do it. Let's think about getting woke and going broken like video games when the sales plummet. I think like Battlefield, there's like, it's supposed to be like World War One or something. And it's got like a pink haired woman with like a, a cybernetic armor or something like that. And it's like a, a, a differently, a, a trans-abled, you know, pink haired woman and like, who do you think's buying this game? They're like, I, I, we just assume that's what young people are. And then people don't buy the game. I don't know who y'all are marketing to or what kind of product you're trying to make. But let me just put it this way. Wokeness is fracturing everything. And so one of the reasons I think they're losing subscribers is not necessarily because they're getting woke, but it's because they're marketing to a smaller and smaller group of people. Perhaps there is an upper limit. Look, Timcast has a certain degree of growth, and then things slow down. We had a massive explosive growth, and then things slow down. Maybe there's a finite amount of people who agree with our worldview. It used to be that everyone in this country kind of just, we watched the same news channels, so we agreed on mostly the same values, but now things are kind of breaking apart. Maybe there will be a smaller cap and disparate, you know, fractured communities. They're going to say, they, the company has also been forced to borrow $16 billion in a decade to cover its production and business costs. Oof. Responding to a tweet, Elon Musk said the woke mind virus is making Netflix unwatchable. A follower then responded, woke mind virus is the biggest threat to to the civilization. And Elon Musk said, yes. Well, all right, then. I'd like to show you why I think Netflix. Okay, well, here's he's expecting. This was funny because last night, some (laughs) this is funny. People were like, Netflix's stock is tanking because they launched a movie called He's Expecting. All right, this show is not a, I don't think it's about like trans people. It's about 
for some reason, all of a sudden men start getting pregnant. I don't care. They made Junior in the 90s. The idea is like funny to people. I don't want to watch it. I'm sick of hearing about this. The pregnant man emoji and all that stuff. I'm just like, dude, it is too thick. I just don't care. Show me a dude firing a flaming arrow into the heart of a dragon. I don't want to think about this stuff anymore. It's funny when Arnold does it one time because it wasn't beating you over that with messaging. It was like, hey, here's a funny movie where a guy gets pregnant. It's like the movie's about a scientist who decides to try and carry a baby or whatever. I don't know. He doesn't have a womb or something, but I don't know where he puts in his butt maybe. But this this movie, or it's a show, is coming out in a time where we are repeatedly just being beaten over the head with people screaming in our ears. And I'm just like, shut up, dude. I want to see a wizard throw a fireball. I don't want to hear about this. There's no big political conflict over wizards. Or I guess maybe there could be. I don't know, maybe there was something with Harry Potter and like religious families being like, witchcraft is evil. But that wasn't that big in the news and I didn't pay attention. Just give me entertainment. Let me get away from all of this stuff. They don't do it. It's never ending. They just keep hitting you over the head with it. And I'm just like, yo, I'm done. Squid Game, Squid Games was fun. And I love how the left was like, it's anti-capitalist. And I'm like, yo, the show is literally anti-communist. And then he got all mad and like, Tim so dumb, he thinks it's anti-communist. Like, yes, explain to me how in communism, a large group of people are forced to all wear the same clothes, start at the same starting point, and then try and, and race to survive. And that is not capitalism. Capitalism has people starting from all. So I'll, I'll put it this way. There, the people keep saying Squid Games was a critique of capitalism. Yeah, I can understand that to a certain degree. They're like, rich people are exploiting the poor. Communism does the same thing. The party exploits the, the, the workers. That's what we've seen every time. And they're like, but that's not real communism. Well, then your critique isn't real capitalism, so shut up. In Squid Games, you have all of these people playing red light, green light. Hmm. But they all start at the same point. That's interesting. Wouldn't in capitalism there be a critique of people inheriting wealth or people being uh, oppressed? Wouldn't there then be people starting halfway to the finish line? Yeah, that would be capitalism under the leftist critique. They do this thing where they do the privilege check where they're like, okay, we're going to race everybody. Stand at the starting line. Now, if you're white, take a step forward. If you're Christian, take a step forward. If you're a man, take a step forward. If you're under the age of, you know, 25, take a step forward. If you are black, take a step back. If you make less money, take a step back. If you're Muslim, take a step back. They do that so that before the race starts, I'm, I'm not like this is literally how they do these privilege check things. You'll have, you know, the underprivileged minorities pushed all the way back and like white male Christians all the way to the front. That's not what Squid Games was. Squid Games was everyone start wearing the exact same clothes, barely getting food. That's the other funny thing. In, in between the games, they have to go and like they're given food, but they're barely given food. And they have to like they fight for it. I'm like, yo, that's what communism was like. In capitalism, we have fat homeless people. If anything, they'd be like, welcome to capitalism. Everybody eat until you're full. And then people would gorge themselves and then fail the next game. Anyway, I digress. This is what the left thinks. They don't seem to understand. Squid Games was a critique of communism. Everybody loved it. Just saying it's capitalism makes literally no sense. Oh, but the guy who made it said it was a critique of capitalism. Yes, because these leftists don't know what capitalism is. So I, I wonder then, I wonder, people are like, wow, a world in which powerful elites force everybody on, into equal footing and then starve them and then make them struggle to survive. That's capitalism. And then I'm just like, dude, have you walked down a street in a downtown city and seen the morbidly obese homeless people? Not every homeless person is morbidly obese, but we have fat homeless people. 
Our problems are different. Our problems is allocation of resources. More houses, less food, I guess. But that ain't communism. In communism, people don't have houses and they don't have food. Funny. And that's what it was like in Squid Games. But let's talk about let's talk about why Netflix is, is, is you know, outside of me ranting about Squid Games. Let me show you this. Deadline says Big Mouth renewed for season seven by Netflix. Spinoff human resources picked up for season two. I don't know or care about human resources. I can only just tell you Big Mouth has been renewed for season seven. Okay, we're going to launch the Tim cast. It's called an OTT app over the top. These are um, pro apps that uh, run on like smart TVs on Roku and stuff. And we're working on it right now. We're working on the mobile app. These things, these things take some time, but maybe we, uh, you know, I think we might ramp up production to get our television app to get on like LG, Sony, Apple TV, Roku, etc. So that you can watch a plethora of TimCast.com programming on your app, help people um, become members, make it easier for everybody. And, um, you know, so we're working on all that. Yo, when I saw Big Mouth for the first time, I was like, I no longer want to subscribe to Netflix. Big Mouth is supposed to be for adults. But I can I I find it uh, creepy. It is cartoons of children going through puberty and engaging in overtly, let's just call it reproductive acts. Okay, uh, yo, if this is what Netflix is renewing, seven seasons. So first of all, they've been critiqued for a few reasons. Netflix actually has on YouTube a cartoon of a bunch of naked little girls walking around surrounded by a bunch of naked women. And they're like, it's about body positivity, so it's okay. And I'm like, dude, sure. But at what point are we like, you shouldn't have mainstream shows with 10-year-old girls walking around naked, surrounded by a bunch of naked women, as they explain sex to them? Like, why would an adult want to watch that? Why are 30-year-old men watching a show like that? I don't know, I guess. There's even, uh, there's even uh, an episode where they literally show the children engaging in, like, I mean, they frequently do this, show the kids engaging in like, what I can only call adult activities. And I'm like, yo, this show's messed up. I, that's just me, whatever. But I got no problem saying this show is absolutely effed. And it's got seven seasons. Then you got cuties. Now they're like, cuties is a critique of the sexualization of minors. But we do have an extended scene where we do that and we literally do it the whole film. And it's just like, yo, people don't like that. You want to know why you're losing subscribers? First, let me tell you, I canceled because I was like, Netflix is nasty, creepy garbage. It's just not good. There's not good stuff on it. House of Cards was good. Nobody likes Kevin Spacey anymore. Show got bad later on, though, and then they got rid of Kevin Spacey because that dude's kind of a creep. But either way, Netflix had its run. Now there's a whole bunch of other services. I, I subscribe to a couple. I, I'm not going to get Disney Plus after uh, uh, next year, but before the Xinjiang thing that happened, where like they thanked the, uh, the, the security forces behind the concentration camps, I had already signed up for a year, so I still have it. But I will be not having it, um, you know, moving forward. But it's there. Uh, I got Paramount Plus, but really, there's nothing on that to watch either. HBO Max, maybe. I like the DC shows. I like the DC stuff, so I might keep HBO Max. But the reality is, all of the shows are just, they're just bad. They're derivative. There's nothing funny about them. I think Rick and Morty is a funny show, but that's on, you know, Cartoon Network and it's basically free. I think it's on HBO Max too. But this is what they want to make. They want to make shows like Cuties. They want our movies like Cuties. They want to make shows like Big Mouth. And I'm just like, something is deeply wrong with you people. You know, even Family Guy, 
It's it, our culture is in decay. And here's what I think is going to happen. I don't like Big Mouth. Apparently, a lot of people really like it. Apparently, so many people like it that Netflix has decided to renew it for a seventh season. But it, could it just be that Netflix is like, hey, we're getting 500,000, you know, viewers per episode on the show. Yeah, maybe it's 500,000 pedos or something. There's a YouTuber. I'm not going to say who, who makes these videos of like, I don't want to, I don't want to call out the YouTuber, but it's obviously like you're attracting pedos to this content. It's, 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 it's a woman who's like, you know, an adult, but just, you know, just because the show is doing well, doesn't mean it's something you should make. I'll put it that way because you're probably attracting disgusting people. And if you want to make money off them, fine. But yo, this is too far. It's just absolutely vile content. And they make a bunch of this stuff. So what I think that we used to have like The Simpsons and we all kind of just watched it. The ratings were huge. People watched Big Bang Theory. Now, everything's kind of breaking apart. You know, there's going to be 10% of people want to watch a show like this, 10% of show like that. You're not going to have deeply unifying content. Netflix has reached its upper limit. It's going to be flattened out by the expansion of other streaming services. I think that's the real issue here is that with the launch of all these other streaming services, people are like, why would I watch Netflix? Not only that, like the Marvel shows like Jessica Jones, great show, by the way. Season two kind of was was a bummer, but uh, um, Daredevil was good and uh, uh, the Punisher was good. Luke Cage was good. Those are all on Disney Plus now. So it's basically turning into Internet cable where it was like, you got to spend 80 bucks a month for cable, and then you want the premium channels, you got to get the 120 package. That's basically what it is. Now it's like, it's 10 bucks for Hulu, it's 10 bucks for Netflix, it's 10 bucks for Amazon Prime, you know, it's 10 bucks for Paramount Plus, and you're spending 80 bucks once again to get all these services. And then worse still, they put commercials in them. And then worse still, you get stuff like this with Big Mouth. Yo, I don't, I don't know who wants to watch a disgusting show like that. I don't care. Maybe you do. That's on you. I think it's nasty. And this is one of the reasons I'm like, you know, when people called out cuties, I was like, have you ever seen Big Mouth? The first time I saw it, we were, I was, I was at a party and they had it on in the background and a, a 12 year old boy just, uh, you know, it was called self gratifies and they show it. And I'm just like, what? Like not, ex like not overtly, but they show enough. And I'm like, what is, this is, what, what are you watching? Why is this on Netflix? Whatever, man. You know, it's funny because you know the show uh, Arthur. I think it finally ended. Arthur the Aardvark. Aardvark. I knew people who are like, I don't know, it's a weird show, but you can just watch it. Like you get your kids and they put it on and they're like, oh. I like kids shows where there's jokes that adults get, but it's not like Big Mouth. And so the kids can watch, say, like a giraffe, uh, uh, you know, fight dragons or, you know, like Fairly Odd Parents was funny. And there were a lot of memes that came out of that. You know, this is where I would keep my trophy if I had one. And then there's a meme. It's like, this is where I'd keep my whatever if I had one. And Fairly Odd Parents was overtly for kids, but it was silly. Silly enough for an adult to watch and be like, huh, you know, it's funny. That's how they used to do kids shows. They used to make it so that the adults would understand certain jokes or that it was, you know, silly. And then the kids would be able to watch it because it wasn't like this. So what is this cartoon about? Why would, why would adults want to watch 12-year-olds doing something like this? I don't know. There does seem to be a strange overlap between children doing adult things and the woke. Sure. Yeah. Someone else tweeted, not just Netflix, movies in general, video games, TV. It's all infested with current year trend woke garbage for fear of offending a green haired freak next to the ban button. 
Nothing original anymore except for media coming out of places like Japan or Korea. Ironically, Elon Musk says true. We're going to do that. We are, we are going to do that here at TimCast.com. With your support at TimCast.com, we're going to make journalism. We're going to make culture. That's why we launched Pop Culture Crisis. I was like, we need a show that engages with this stuff, but isn't over the head, beating beating over the head political because I'm sick of it. It's like, let's just talk about why movies are bad, why movies are good. And then maybe we'll get a good review. It's like Sonic 2. Hey, that was fun. I like Sonic the Hedgehog, that movie. They did a great job. And there's there's diversity in it. You know, the main character, it's like James Marsden and and the woman. It's like, you know, she's black, but it doesn't matter. It's not even a point. It's not even anything to bring up. They're just people who are, you know, who are together. That's how you, that's how, that's how woke was supposed to be. It's supposed to be good stories, fun plots and jokes. And the messaging is just in the background. I'm totally fine with that. That's what we need more of. So Netflix, welcome to get woke, go broke. But how about we also say Netflix is, um, get pedo, go broke as well. You creepy MFers. Seriously. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 PM on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you all then. The saga of Taylor Lorenz and libs of TikTok continues. For those that missed the story, Taylor Lorenz, a Washington Post journalist, doxed the creator of the prominent account libs of TikTok. This account, libs of TikTok, is critical of the far left and aggregates videos of far leftists that they post publicly online. Taylor Lorenz calls it homophobic, transphobic, anti-LGBTQIA, and many prominent blue check journalists at corporate institutions defend the idea that you should be allowed to publish the name of someone behind an account and their private home address. Now, of course, the private home address thing was a step over the line. They're now denying it ever happened. No, what are you talking about? We didn't publish the private home address, but we are not stupid people and you will not gaslight us because I've got the proof. Now, many of these corporate lying evil people, I I just got to say, these are evil evil people. Let me give a a special shout out to Matt Bender, who I'd love to have on Timcast IRL, who I think is as evil as they can get. A sophist as sophist comes. Now, look, the story here is that Taylor Lorenz's family has been doxxed. Yeah, I think that's a bad thing. But Taylor Lorenz started doxing people and they retaliated. When you fling feces, feces gets flung back. So we'll read that. Shocked she is that she's being doxxed. I have no sympathy for basically anybody doing the doxing. Libs of TikTok did not dox anybody. I don't like that they're doxing Taylor Lorenz's family. I think that's absurd and wrong. And I don't like that Taylor Lorenz published the private home address of somebody because she doesn't like them for political reasons. But hey, Matt, let me give you a special shout out. You're a sophist. Come on the show. You're welcome to come on IRL. You have a substantially smaller body of work than most leftists, but we're willing to have you on because you're a liar. Matt Binder says no home addresses or phone numbers were shared by any reporter. So weird. I actually DM'd with him. I'd love to see a correction, Matt, because here's the proof. Now, they know that I would have to publish the documents proving the person behind this I would have to publish their private home address. And they know I can't do that. And they know they can because they're evil people. Let me tell you what evil is. Evil is when Taylor Lorenz links to the real estate license of of this individual they've named. And then once the archives pick up the private home address, they then say they, they remove the link, issue a public statement saying we never did that. Remember when Jack Posobiec got punched and then the leftist walked up And the cops were arresting the guy and they're like, I didn't see anything. Nobody got hit. 
Like, we are going to lie and get away with it. Matt Bender, you are a liar. Here is, on the left, we did a paid public record search on the individual they named confirming the private residence is the same address that Taylor Lorenz linked to in her article. So let me tell you, when you post someone's name, then link right next to their name. You have a hyperlink saying real estate license. And when you click it, it shows their private home address. That is the nuclear bomb of doxing someone. Matt Bender, you are a liar, or at the very least, you are incompetent. Here is the archived article from the Washington Post saying the name of the individual working as a real estate person. And if I were to click that link right now, it would pull up the private home address. Now, let's talk about what that is. You see, it says contact address. That's interesting. Why would the contact address for this private individual be anything other than their private home address? Well, Below it says employer. I've blocked that information out because I will not be party to your doxing campaign nor be goaded into doxing someone. It's bad enough. I have to show that we pulled the public records. When you click employer, it links to a company that has the same address. Matt Bender says, well, how could the company have employees the same address? Because Matt is not somebody who's ever started a company, doesn't know how it, what an LLC is or how S-Corps work. I tried explaining this to him that often people who start companies when it's remote work might actually use their home address for their LLC, which is extremely common. More importantly, many buildings, w- w- when they're purchased, will use their own address to file an LLC to buy the building itself. But this building is a commercial residential mix, meaning there's two apartments on top and a commercial building on the bottom. Now, I don't know if this is currently where the libs of TikTok creator is. What I do know is public documents confirm it is the privately. It is the public. It is the is the private residence of the individual that is available through certain public record searches. Now, of course, Matt can then come out and say, well, the information was public. SPJ ethics says just because you have access to the information doesn't mean it's ethical to publish it. No one needed to know this person's name or address. Now, should I bother explaining why an LLC would share the address with someone's with someone's uh, apartment? That's stupid. And it's not incumbent upon me to do so when I've already got the public records showing this is the case. But how about this? You get a job at a company. Their company is on the first floor of a building. You're like, hey, I need an apartment. And they say, I think the apartment upstairs is for rent. Oh, that's perfect. I mean, not ideal necessarily to live above your work. There's a million and one reasons I could come up with as to why that makes sense. Matt Binder knows this because I talked to him via DM. Matt, you are a liar or you are incompetent. Did you do any research on this? We did. We have a newsroom that pulled it up here once again. Where did I just have the uh, here we go. Once again, this is the archived article, 6 a.m. by Taylor Lorenz, Washington Post. You scroll down and there is the link. You see the little hand? You see the cursor turns into a hand? It's because I could click it and what would come up is what here is on the right, the private home address of this person. So when you want to come out and say no home addresses or phone numbers were shared by any reporter, Okay, let's play semantics. Taylor Lorenz shared the link to her private home address. And now Taylor Lorenz is upset that her family is being doxxed. I agree. It is wrong to dox Taylor Lorenz's family. I'm sickened by the entirety of what's going on in the culture war. But this is what it is. Taylor Lorenz's entire effort was political. Let me just show you what she's tweeting. First of all, let, let, let me show you this. Taylor says, tech companies are notoriously protective of their corporate brands. 
Now that TikTok's legal team is aware of libs of TikTok's attempt at trademarking the business, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Linking to someone from Antifa, who has me blocked, by the way. Interesting to see how it plays out. So you're acknowledging that there's going to be harm done by your article? You expect there to be some kind of harm? Okay. I mean, you can call it accountability, call it whatever you want, but you had a direct impact. Taylor Lorenz said, I had heard the Babylon Bee had recently provided financial backing for libs of TikTok, but didn't have enough confirmation on the details to nail it down for my story. Seth Dillon, CEO of the Babylon Bee, has now confirmed it. Here is what they see as, quote, heroic work. Please read my full piece to understand the unique influence the account has in right-wing media and ties to the boom in anti-LGBTQ sentiment and legislation. She puts heroic work in quotes. Yes, we get it, Taylor. This is an opinion piece masquerading as news for political purposes. Matthew Iglesias effectively said something similar. You started a war, and now you are shocked that you are facing the brunt of it. Cue the, tr- the, the typical fake journalist's response. Now, I had defended Taylor Lorenz in the past, but no more can I defend what she's doing because this is beyond reproach. Taylor, you published the home address of Libs of TikTok's family. You published her private home address, and then you told me you did no such thing. You are wrong. You are wrong. You are wrong. Now, Taylor may believe she has a different address, which may be true. Now, I will tell you this. If she would like to prove that these records are not the current location by all means. What I can say is public records that we have, we did a paid, we, we paid for research to dig through records that are not as easily sourced, easily found, but I'm not going to pretend it's hard. And we have on public record, this is the individual's home address. Now, I will say it again. Perhaps the individual has since moved. Libs of TikTok has said they're holed up in a safe location. Perhaps when they realized this was coming, they got out. Maybe. Maybe Taylor Lorenz actually used hacked information because that's actually where she got the information from, hackers. And it's, 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 it's a lot of it's public. That's, that's true. I'm saying she got it from activists and hacktivists. Perhaps she has reason to believe that this person lives somewhere else. Did she go to the home of Libs of TikTok? Taylor, you can answer these questions. When I asked them, we got no response. We also didn't get a response, as far as I can tell for for now, from the Washington Post. All Taylor said was, I did not publish the private home address. Prove it. I have records. We have documents saying you did. I'm not going to show you the address, but I'll put it this way. In In this image, Brooklyn, New York, 11206, I figured showing that what she posted was, look, I'll put it this way. The real estate license lists, lists a contact address for the libs of TikTok creator. The left is arguing that it's the work address. Okay, fine. At the very least, Taylor Lorenz doxed the work address of this individual. Still bad. And they're lying about it. However, for whatever reason, the address is actually listed in public record as the home. As I stated, there can be reasons for this. Now, if Taylor Lorenz would like to come out and issue a statement explaining how that's not the case, she's free to do so. Do so For the time being, records indicate it's what she did. That's it. I have proof she did it. We have the article that she published. Prove otherwise, I'm willing to listen. It may be, as I've stated, that this address is old. I don't believe that to be the case, but I don't know for sure. The public records we looked up are, are, not, are based on tax records, not not em- employment. We are so I want to be careful here because I don't want to dox anybody. But um 
you can pull you, you can look up county tax records and find people's homes. OK, we used to have the white pages. Everyone's name and address and phone number was all listed. Looking up home records is different from looking up business records. And that's what we did. Taylor Lorenz, feel free to claim that this person has moved out since then and it's not reflected in the current tax record or whatever you want to say. Fine. But simply saying, no, I didn't, does not disprove that we have records saying you did. And at the very least, you may have doxxed someone inadvertently and someone else may get hurt now. Case in point, a tweet I accidentally clicked on a, a, a little while ago, but here we have. Taylor Lorenz says, just want to make clear that this is Chaya Reichick on, uh, on Instagram is not the Chaya behind libs of TikTok. Chaya Musha is a common name. That's why I work so hard to confirm that I reported on the correct one. The Chaya behind libs of TikTok does not have a personal IG or LinkedIn. How do you know? This poor woman, Taylor Lorenz, is so reckless and irresponsible that she caused collateral damage to innocent people. And sophists like, you know, people like Matt, by all means, Matt, get all the followers in the world because I mentioned doing this story. They they don't care. Libs of TikTok, the story could have been done by Taylor Lorenz without saying the name without linking to the person's work, at the very least, and home address. But she did it. And in doing so, this innocent woman living in London with her two kids with 22,000 followers is now assumed by many people to be libs of TikTok. I mean, I got to be honest, when this story broke and I saw the name, this is who I found instantly. This person appears to have made fun of CNN, has a family. And I was like, wow, 22,000 followers. Is this the person? Taylor is now saying it's not. So has this person been receiving death threats? I don't know. All I know is that Taylor did not care for the collateral damage that comes from doing her story because Taylor Lorenz's goal, in my opinion, was maximization of harm. Maximizing. Again, I don't want her family to be doxxed, but you know what happens now? Now she comes out and feigns the victim. This is a culture war. No one is playing by the rules. That's reality. Yeah, so her family was deleted. I mean, her family was doxxed. Right, it's bad. You know what I can say about all this? Here's what ends up happening. Libs of TikTok popularity skyrockets after WAPO's failed dox and smear campaign. Guys, do you understand the goal of what Taylor Lorenz does? Her goal is to rally followers on her side. She's not exposing anything. Saying someone's name doesn't do anything. What ends up happening that Taylor Lorenz does the story, attacks someone and innocent people, caring not for collateral damage. And then when people react negatively, she says, help, help, I'm being oppressed. She then gets more followers on her own. That's the name of the game. And you know, again, I've defended Taylor in the past. At least she responded to a request for comment. I'll give her respect for that. But I, I believe Taylor's true motives here are purely, purely amoral, hypocritical, and political. She goes on and on about how doxing is wrong. She published the private home address and then lied about it. I don't know how many times I got to say it. I'm just sick of the lies. I am absolutely sick of the lies. And these people on the left look you in the face and they just lie with smiles on their face. Matt, come on the show. And then I'm going to have you read the article. I'm going to have you read the article and explain how publishing the address wasn't doxing. And I'll, and I'll show you the records. They already have the address. They already, the address has already been made public. I want to see him sit there with a straight face and tell everybody and lie and just lie to their faces. You know, this is why when we invite leftists on Timcast IRL, they won't come. I told Matt to email us to come on the show. Haven't gotten those emails yet. 
Look forward to it because I want you to iterate in front of a million plus people. She did not link to to the address. And then as you're saying it, we will show the article she published linking to the address. And I'll let everyone else decide. I tweeted out that these blue check journalists defending the doxing of families, home addresses have opened a door they will regret. And Matt responded, the right has been doing this forever. Look at your own audience. Because the dude is incompetent. Matt, you're incompetent. You don't know anything about my audience. Our audience, this is, this is funny. I, you know, I go through the, uh, uh, our metrics. Primarily Chicago. Our biggest demographic are millennial dudes in Chicago. Well, our biggest demographic is millennials, mostly dudes. And the, 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 the uh, largest uh, demographic comes from Chicago. Chicagoans are moderate they are fairly independent. People in, in the Midwest, they are mostly independent. I, we've gone over all the polls before. The, they are not far right. They are relatively urban, but they are not far left. Makes sense. I'm from Chicago. People in Chicago share that uh, view. No, the Trump supporters call me names and insult me. But Matt, if you did any research and actually look, if you, if you actually looked into anything, like bro, spend two seconds on patriots.win and see them calling me all of the slurs in the book, you'd realize that the audience who watches Timcast are like moderate libertarian types. Lib center. But when you live in crackpot world where you don't do any research and you just push lies, and maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe he does know that, just lying. This is, the, this is the purpose. To keep those who don't do the work in the dark for power. Evil. They're authoritarians. My goal? Show you the data. I could sit here and just talk. You know, people like David Pakman, for instance, he doesn't pull up sources for the most part. He just says things. A lot of these people do it. They don't actually pull up sources. They just say things. No, I make sure that every every story I do is based on a source. And there's a reason why my my picture is in this little box. Because I'm not going to do a video where it's just my face on video because the, the left take those things out of context. They, manip they manipulate. Now what they'll do is they'll screen grab just a little box so they can cut out the fact that I'm reading from news sources that are all NewsGuard certified. Post Millennial gets an 82 out of 100. I mean, that's pretty good. The goal of the establishment left and people like Matt is to lie to you, to convince you you're the good guys when you are marching behind the fascists. The people who go around smashing windows and burning things down will lie to your face. Right wingers have no idea what Taylor Lorenz published. They're just making things up based on outrage. No home addresses or phone numbers were shared by any reporter. OK, here's the article once again. Here is the blue URL. There's actually uh, two links. One goes to a phone number and a family address. Like, it's all right there on archive.ph. Here it is, archive.ph slash capital B, lowercase e, capital V, lowercase L-O. It may be capital I, I don't know. Maybe BevEO or BevLo. If you, if you take the Washington Post article and put it into archive.ph and look at the, not the first article, the first, uh, um, but the second, because the first one was blocked by the paywall. You will see they did, in fact, link to the private address. And if you look down at the uh, actually, I think um, this is this is actually funny. I think Matt actually uh, shows it. He actually shows in his own tweet. This is fascinating. He, it says when a reporter called the phone number registered to uh, Rychik's real estate profile and libs of TikTok.us, it actually linked to the who that is information, which included the private phone number. And he has the nerve to tweet that out while then denying they did it because doing the screenshot not actually showing the story, or by showing the stealth edited version, regular people will not be able to see that he's lying. Matt, you're a liar, or you're incompetent, but I think you're actually just a liar. 
you know, I DM the dude and said, what are your thoughts on this? Because we have the proof that she docked somebody. And he said, no, it's an LLC address. Why are so many people there? And I'm like, dude, we have the public rights. Here you go, man. The best I can do without doxing. So what I showed earlier on with this proof image on the left is a screen clip of the actual public records that we pulled. It's actually I've got I got it here off monitor and it's several pages showing a ton of information about tax records and just private details. You do not get businesses listed as your home residence on these documents. Again, Taylor Lorenz can come out and say, no, 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 it's not her home address because she's not there anymore. Sure, sure. For the time being, the most up to date address that, that we have is the one you published. So maybe you forced this woman to flee her home and now she's lying about it. I'm just sick of the lies, man. I'm sick of the lies. I'm sick of the manipulation. I'm sick of the dirty games. So good for the Babylon Bee. I, I don't look. Libs of TikTok is an aggregator. I'm not entirely sure what uh, the Babylon Bee will do with Libs of TikTok because apparently people just send Libs of TikTok videos and then Libs posts them. It's just an aggregator. So I don't know why this is a story to any of these people. But I can tell you, I can, I can tell you why it's a war. Taylor Lorenz, what she did was she collected information from Antifa, from activists, published it in a news story, framed as this is a bad thing, released private details, which is what we would refer to as stochastic terrorism. The, uh, what's it? It's a reference to saying something like, oh, won't someone rid me of this priest? By Taylor Lorenz publishing a link to the person's address, they get fired and the name of the company they work for. They get harassed and attacked and all of these things. Then they remove it and say, we never did it. They're literally coming out. The Washington Post saying we did not do this. These are evil people. They're evil. Saying they did not do what they did. I think posting someone's name is bad. If someone is a private individual and you post their name, it's a bad thing. If you can tell the story without telling their name, you should. This goes for anybody. Some people have accused Jack Posobiec of doing it. No, I got no problem if that's the case. I don't know a whole lot about that story. Apparently, it was a while ago. I said Taylor Renz should not have published the name. It was not serving any interest. But she also published the address. Anyway, look, the door's been open. It is not an excuse to say this information is all publicly available. It's not an excuse. Publicly available information doesn't mean easily accessible. So here we are. I'm just I'm just sick of it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast IRL. I'm sorry. I, ah, the next segment will be at youtube.com slash timcast at 4 p.m. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then.